service. All right. Well done to those that put on the night last night. The uh, Rogues Got Talent. If you didn't uh, come, it was a very good night. It was a different mix of talent, some very good things. It was a good laugh. Um, it's good to see the Saints together, and it was good to see some uh, new faces in the hall as well. Praise the Lord. If we go over to Romans 8, we'll, uh, we'll perch in here for a little while. And we'll start. All right. The talk, as it happens, works in well with uh, Pastor Phil's. You mentioned a couple of the scriptures that I was going to talk about. Which I, but um, I just want to look at here in Romans 8. Um, and I guess the... just want to look at that, uh, I guess, the thought of uh, being in the palm of God's hand. But uh, we'll just start in verse 28 of Romans 8, if we're there now. And we read this scripture, and we know this one pretty well, and we all know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he justified, and whom he justified, them also glorified. And we know that's uh, talking about the Son of God and us. And I guess just one thing, and, you know, Pastor Phil was talking about free will choice. Um, we had uh, the mystery suppers for the young people a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of the brothers was saying that come up about predestination. And how does that work if you're predestinated but you have a free will choice? And um, the story of Adam and Eve probably sums it up beautifully that they were predestined to have eternal life. That was actually their, their destination. But... Due to free will choice, they didn't actually get that because they had the choice to, to not pick it. And we're in a very similar situation where we've been predestinated to have eternal life. God has filled you with the Holy Spirit. You spoke in tongues. You, you had the outward sign of the Holy Spirit resting with you, uh, within you. you. You know, you were baptized by full immersion. You've walked on with the Lord. And so you're predestined to have eternal life. However, we, we've got free will choice. And like we heard today a lot about, we've got choice to do what we want, but if we want to, we can stay on the path and we can make choices that are going to get us to that point. And if we just keep reading verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God gave us Christ and God's going to help us through all things, basically. You know, if God is for us, who is actually going to be against us? Verse 33, who can lay anything to us, to our charge, to God's elect? That's us. It's God that justifieth. God makes us righteous. Verse 34, who is it that condemneth? Is Christ that died, yea, rather that it is risen again, who's even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. We're in this amazing position where God is on our side, basically, that we, we're predestined to be with the Lord and, uh, and we, we're on that path and God is on our side. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword and list all these sort of things that, you know, that could separate us from God? And then, uh, then he, uh, Paul quotes this Old Testament scripture, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted sheep as sheep for the slaughter. And if you look back into the Psalms, it's uh, 
it's almost like a complaint Israel has against the evils that are happening against you know themselves and Paul quotes it here and then he finishes it off just saying nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come he's sort of ticking all the boxes of anything you can think of that's going to be stop you from coming you know to, to be with God nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord so I guess the the whole point of what Paul is coming across is there's nothing that can pull us out of the palm of God's hand and that's really what I want to talk about tonight that if you can sort of imagine God's hand we we you know God formed man out of you know the dust of the earth and we're in the likeness of God and so God's got his hand and we're we're sitting in the middle God's placed us there and that that's the um the words that Paul gives to, to us here that nothing can pull us out of that and the only thing that can do it is ourselves is our free will choice to pull ourselves out of God's palm. So we're predestined for the eternal life unless we want to hop out of, you know, the palm of God's hand. So obviously we want to stay in it and we want to keep and build ourselves up spiritually and we'll look at that a little bit, a little bit later. But I guess moreover, by, to stay in God's palm, we also want to drop off the things that are what the Bible terms as fleshly or natural ideas or things that go against the, the things of God because... Whether we like it or not, we're in a war, and we'll look at a few other scriptures in Romans 8, where there's the spirit and there's the flesh. Where we're born of flesh, we've got it within us, we have, you know, we've got our natural mind, but the spirit of God is within us, and that can prevail all these things. We'll go over to 2 Corinthians, if we could, for chapter 10. Click over there. So we're sitting in God's palm. And sometimes as we go on in life, you know, natural thoughts come up or situations come up which cause maybe us to have a natural reaction because we're not, maybe we're not quite spiritually minded at the time. And um, this is a really good scripture in 2 Corinthians 10 because we all, we're all going to get them. That's the way it works. We're, we're all, we all have that capacity. Uh, verse 10 of chapter 10, sorry, verse 10, verse 4 of chapter 10, we read, For the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we, we fight a spiritual warfare. In verse 5 we read this, Casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look... And we'll maybe leave it there. So... If you can imagine, we get these things and we want to push them off the side of that, off the palm of the hand. We want to actually push them away from us. And sometimes we need to get quite rough with our thoughts, if that's the right word to term. You know, you can almost imagine yourself on God's palm and, you know, you've got your, your feet and you're just pushing off. Sorry, I've got to push this microphone. Pushing off like a bad thought that, that you get because, you know, things that are contrary to the Lord. And, and that's what the Bible's saying, casting down um, imaginations, reasonings, things that are opposite to what God wants in our life. And so as we read the word of God, as we you know, pray, as we fellowship, we, we begin to understand God's character, what God wants us, from us. And there's those things that need to come off. We won't turn to this, this lot here, but in um, Matthew 5, we know um, when Jesus gives that sermon over Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. And there's many different things that he talks about in there, which are the type of things which can come up, which we need to just push off. So I'll just, I'll just mention a few just so we can keep things moving along. In Matthew 5, um, in about 21, somewhere around there, um, it talks about the Old Testament law that if you killed, 
uh, you're in danger of judgment, obviously, because the Old Testament was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So if you murdered someone, you, that you, it was okay to have you stoned and killed. Um, however, Jesus pulls it, you know, peels it back further than that and says, if you're angry with, you know, to a brother without a cause, then you're worthy of the same punishment. So, you know, anger is, is something that can creep up, that can, can, can be part of our life, that we need to push off the edge. We're in the palm, we need to push that off. Um, if you keep going along in that, in that sermon, it talks about um, adultery. And so the Old Testament, it was very clear if you committed adultery, um, there was the judgment for that. However, again, Jesus peels it back further and says, no, if, well, if you look upon a woman and lust after her, so if you have those natural desires, um, you know, lust, not love, you know, you've actually committed that in your heart. And so they're the type of thoughts, they're the type of things we've got to be pushing off the side of the edge. And because um, the heart is where it's at, because we read, and well, part of the Pastor Phil read it, read it this, uh, this afternoon, throughout the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so God works with our heart. We want to protect our heart. We want to push off any thoughts that might arise, any natural things uh, that come up in our, in our mind. Um, again, in, in that sermon, um, Jesus talks about um, loving your neighbour and hating your enemies, for it's said in old times, you should love your uh, neighbour and hate your enemy. And then he, he you know, throws it on his head. You know, he wants us to love our enemies. And so the, you know, the thought of, of hating you know, certain people is, is, to, is to go off the edge as well. And I guess just other things that you can think of and, and things as you go through the scriptures, uh, you know, fear is something that we want to push off the side of that, off that palm of, you know, the hand, you want to push that out. That's not something we want. And in today's world where it's getting geared up with a lot of fear, maybe not necessarily in Australia, but you look at the world news and, and fear is what drives people to start making the decisions they are as, as nations. And, and you can see, you know, obviously we look at the Middle East a fair bit and, and Europe. And um, if you read a few reports of some of the, the Scandinavian countries and what they're thinking about what's happening, and it's all driven by fear. Um, maybe more on a personal level, you know, f fear that we need to, to push out because fear is opposite to the things of God. Fear stops us from doing things. So that's something we want to push off, God's, uh, off, off the palm of God's hand. We want to push that out of our life. Um, the Bible talks about carefulness. Um, in First Peter, it refers to carefulness. And maybe in like layman's terms, it's worrying about things that you shouldn't be your concern. And we live in a, in a society and in a time, and what was talked about today, where we can just be involved in anything and everything. And we can be involved in anyone's life if we really want to, um, with, the, you know, with social media and, and the ability to just be part of things. And so the Lord doesn't want us to be careful. He wants us to not worry about things we don't need to worry about, but just be worrying about the things uh, that he has for us. Another huge thing in uh, our society is acceptance, um, wanting to be accepted. They're the type of things that need to go off because... When you look at the Lord, the Lord, Jesus Christ was never accepted. You know, there was those that followed him, but on the whole scale, if we follow the Lord, acceptance with, with the world doesn't sort of gel hand in hand. Um, and in the end, it, it becomes anything that's opposite, uh, you know, to, to God's spirit. If we go over to Galatians 5, we might stay here for a bit. Look at a few scriptures here. So if you want a good list of things that you want to push off, you can read 19 to 21 yourself. But they're basically all worldly type things, immorality, bad attitude, violence, all those behavioural things. Um, and they're just all the things that we need to push off because we live in a world that's so... I don't know what the right word is. 
uh, well, pass the fuel again, uh, fitted with his tool, but everything's so abundant and ready and we, we can become so addicted to things and, and everything just becomes okay. Like it's just, um, even with that whole the thing that Jesus talked about, adultery, you know, that's not even a thing in the world because you, you sleep with your partner who might be your partner that week and then you break up within a few weeks you meet someone else and you know you're with them and so that adultery doesn't sort of even come in you don't even get to the point of getting married you're just living with people so the world sort of dropped its morals so badly that it's sort of all the way down here and we got to just we got to raise the stand and just keep all those things out because they're not part of what god wants and so we live in this world that's just full of all these different things this hate and 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 immorality and and wanting to do it their own way and, and like i said we can read it in 19 20, 21 of galatians 5 but in verse 22 we read of the fruit of the spirit and this is all the opposite things these are the things that we want to keep on the palm of the hand. These are the things we want to keep close. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. So being patient, gentleness, sort of like a, a being kind, you know, with, with, with people. Uh, goodness, being, you know, being good-hearted and, and doing things that are right. Faith, meekness, it's, you know, humility, being humble about things. Uh, temperance, having the power of self-control. That, that has to be huge in our society because you can, we have a free will to do what we want, but to actually have self-control and be under the, what God wants us to do, and as against such there is no law. So these are the type of things that we, that we want to keep close and, and on the palm of God's hand because the battle for us today in our world is, is very different maybe to, to what the early Christians had. I was, you know, you think about, um, well, if we go back to verse 9, this is probably describes our, our world a little leaven leavens a whole lump it's all about a little bit you sort of the, the same gets in that little bit and then that little bit more but you know we read in in acts chapter 8 we won't turn to it but we read about how the church was persecuted in the old times where it was actually a physical persecution they were beaten they were put to death maybe a little bit like our brothers and sisters that we've heard of in pakistan and um and in the end that doesn't work because when you read of the stories in acts especially in acts 8 it talks about they were persecuted and then they fled, and then they preached the gospel there. So what, what ended up happening was it just, created the, it just pushed out the gospel. The gospel kept getting spread out more and more and almost galvanized their faith in the Lord. Where for us, it's far, far more subtle for that than that. We're not obviously, you know, we're not beaten. We're not, we're not under a threat of death in, in that sense. We don't have those things hanging over our head. We live a pretty comfortable life. You know, we have our challenges and we all go through trials of different, you know, whether it's a health trial or financial or whatever it is. But all, our, all the things that for us are far more subtle. It's almost um, like Pastor Phil was saying again, like we need to be filled, our hearts need to be filled with the things of the Lord because the devil will just start, you know, something you're interested in, you start putting that into your heart and then slowly, slowly you start, you know, filling up. And it's, I wasn't going to turn to this one, but we'll go there. Second Corinthians 11, we'll just have a look at here. Second Corinthians 11 again what we you know started on this being predestined so we're predestined to have eternal life and, and we've got a free will choice and paul again mentions it in corinthians here verse 3 of chapter 11 second corinthians 11 but i fear less by any means and as a serpent beguiled eve through the, uh, his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ and so like i was saying it's not a we're not in a battle of a physical battle. We're not worried about our lives. We're not worried that, you know, someone's going to 
do do something to one of our family members or, or things like that that we you know might have happened in the in the um, in the church in the early days, but the, just the simple things that Satan comes and you know almost dictates our time, takes away our, our thoughts from the Lord, and brings us to more natural thinking. And uh, we, as we keep reading, for if he that cometh, and and I guess on another part of it is we can even on a spiritual sense we can um we need to keep ourselves strong spiritually we live in a, in what we call a world of pentecost and um and so-called christians and all that sort of things and to keep ourselves strong we always need to be pushing off the things which aren't right and you know off the palm of the hand and holding on to those things that are right because in verse 4 we read for if he that cometh preaches another gospel whom we, we whom we have not preached whom paul has not preached or for you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Just jump down to 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers are also transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be, uh, shall be according to their works. Because in the end, we don't just sort of, it's not like today I'm coming to the meeting and next week I go, you know what? I'm not actually going to follow the Lord anymore, and that's that. It sort of doesn't happen in that sort of instant. It's, it's a subtle thing. It's a slow, slow thing. And so if we don't stay strong, we can end up going, we all know people who unfortunately don't come along anymore, that they've got their eyes off the Lord. We use terms like left the Lord, backslidden, other scriptural terms. But whatever it is, it's because at some point the subtlety got in, and eventually whatever it was they didn't forgive someone maybe just like jesus was talking about hating my brother and you know they might have not forgave or they couldn't get over a situation or they just got caught up with with the world with whatever satan had put in front of them and so we want to keep ourselves strong and just to look at just things that keep us we'll go back to keep us strong go back to romans 8 we'll just stay here for the rest of the talk I was thinking about things that keep us strong and we were discussing it in the house meeting the other day and did a bit of a hands up of different things and there's lots of different things that keep us strong. You know, prayer, fellowship, um, reading the word of God, being with people that have a like mind and, and all those sort of things. And, um, and I really want to look, maybe look at the testimonies particularly um, and really not losing our confidence. And we heard a really good testimony obviously tonight of how the Lord works and has changed someone's life because confidence is such a huge thing. In, in Hebrews 10, <clears throat> it says, uh, cast not away thou, therefore your confidence, which, ha- which hath great recompense of reward. So confidence equals reward. And we, our world and, and the way Satan works and, and it's so subtle, it's almost like just throwing a little bit of doubt and you start to self-doubt yourself. And so Satan works through that doubt and starts to fill your mind uh, with things. Where When we're confident about what God has done for us and what he's done for us and that he's, that he's delivered us, that we're sons and daughters of the living God, that we have confidence that our brothers and sisters are sons and daughters of the living God, are confident with the testimonies that they have, all of a sudden it removes that, 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 that ability for any doubt. And um, the other two Saturdays ago, the, the young people had um, the speed testimony night. Um, so they basically, there was two big long tables and um, there was sushi down both of them for a bit of food. And um, whoever you were opposite, basically you had three minutes to share your testimony. There was a little bell. What you had three minutes, one person, bell went off, three minutes for the next person, and then you shifted one up, and so basically you just went around the room. 
So by the end of the night, you'd heard maybe 20 testimonies. And um, because it was three minutes, you had to work out what you're going to say, obviously, because you can't give your whole testimony. So you might just give bits and pieces. And, um, but it, all of a sudden, it all got drawn onto good things. And without knowing it, in, in one sense, we, in a night after a couple of hours, you ended up really uplifted because all you'd heard was good things. You'd heard testimonies. And all of a so- sudden, you didn't have any doubt that night because all you heard was good things. Uh, things that I heard was, you know, there was a, someone that was healed from an allergy to bees. There was an anxiety healing. There was a job provision. Um, someone healed of blood and noses. Um, we talked about addictions of swearing. You know, someone that, you know, God took that away from them um, and wanting to be in amongst the bad jokes and that sort of stuff. Um, even nightmares was something come up a couple of times where, um, that was something God had healed them from. And uh, I know that happened for me. I, I, I was recalling with one brother where um, I didn't realise until after I received the Holy Spirit, but I used to have this one nightmare maybe once a month, I reckon, and it was exactly the same one every time. And I used to get to exactly the same point, basically bolt out of bed, sweating and freaking out. And, um, and it was just evil, whatever it was, nightmare. And I remember, I can even remember how it went now. Um, and then I received the Holy Spirit, and then a few months later, a brother was giving his testimony about how he'd got healed of bad dreams. And I realized after that I actually hadn't had that dream since I'd received the Holy Spirit. So the Lord works in those sort of things. We heard one that night of depression, um, how the Lord moves us in positions to, you know, be an example for people or to, you know, all things work together for good, as we read. Um, there was a young sister there that had just um, had the desire to go into the hall at Elizabeth, she was telling me. Uh, no one had invited her, but she just felt that she needed to go in. She came in, baptised, spirit-filled, and she was questioning whether God healed still. And um, anyway, she was just telling me how she ended up one night with ulcers in her mouth, and she just decided to ask Jesus if he'd heal her. And then she did, and they went away straight away. And she's just like, okay, it works. Um, So they're they're the type of things. Our, Our testimony is so powerful. And, you know, to keep us, you know, talking about the palm of God's hand, if we want to stay in there, these are the type of things we need to continually reflect on and build our faith and, and, and be confident in, in what we've got because it, it, confidence does huge things. I was recalling with one brother that night uh, when I had my first job, I was working for a place called Partech, um, just on South Road there, and um, I was in my office and I used to put up the... Um, the leaflets on my little pin board so just if the play was on or whatever and um so i had don't knock no up there for for one of them and um anyway there was this site manager that went past one day and he sort of put his head over my shoulder and he looks at the pamphlet and um stands up and then he goes go for wood and he walked off and i was like he's seen the play before and uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway it turns out he had i got to talk to him another time but um just all those different things we've got opportunity and let us just be bold and confident in whatever god gives us to do wherever we are because it builds it i guess it, it the confidence builds our faith and it just keeps us strong and then we're able it makes it a lot easier to push out those bad things when we start struggling and, and finding it hard to push those things off off the hand it's because we're, we're we're trying to almost reason it out where we just need to get rid of it focus on that which is good uh which we'll do now romans 8 we'll finish here just in verse 1 there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Sorry, did I, Romans 8 verse 1. Sorry, did I say, did I say it right? Oh, okay, cool. All right. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Because, you know, the, the, law, the, law had its, the law was perfect, but it had its limit because people couldn't fulfil it. And then so all of a sudden we have Jesus Christ fulfils the law and then we get the Spirit of God. Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's the difference, and that's why we want to push out those things and concentrate on those things that are good, because when we're spiritually minded, all of a sudden, we're full of life, we're full of peace. Verse 7, because the natural mind, the carnal mind is you know, against God, it hates God, for is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed, indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. It's incredible, isn't it? Now, none, now if any man hath not the spirit of God, he is none of his. You know, when we talk to people, you, you know, people that call themselves Christian, you know, like, they're not in the conversation when you read this scripture, without the Spirit of God, you're not his. And so the people that call themselves Christian think they have the Holy Spirit. They're not even in this conversation. They're not even, they can't even reason out these verses because they're not even, they haven't even got to the Spirit. They're only still in the flesh. There's no war for them. Their war is they're just in the flesh. But for us, we have the Spirit of God within us. So we have obviously that war, but we have the Lord which can overcome all these things. So, and I was sort of thinking about it like we... Um, you know, people that call themselves a Christian or say, I've received the Holy Spirit or whatever, you know, it's, for us it's such a cop-out because we understand how simple it is that when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's exactly like when a child enters, you know, the world. We just had our, our first little one five months ago almost and they come out and they're screaming and it's, you know, it's a good sign and, and it all happens the same way and it's exactly the same as we read in John 3 spiritually. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you're born again and you let out the cry of the Spirit and you speak in other tongues and it's so simple. You know, I work for a company, a housing company, and I'm just an estimator there, but, you know, if I said to the guys that I work with, I'm the construction manager, no one would actually believe me because I'm not the construction manager, I'm an estimator. But if I told you guys that I was, before I told you I was an estimator, obviously, I could sort of fake it and you could sort of maybe believe me, you could sort of think, oh, maybe he is, you know. And that's what a lot of Christians do. Oh, I'm a Christian, you know. And you sort of think, well, maybe are you, are you not? But in the end, the testimony shows through, and it doesn't matter if you say you're a Christian or you've got the Holy Spirit, you know. And it's the same thing, you know. I can fake it and say I'm a construction manager, but in the end, time will tell, and eventually it comes out that I'm not. And then, you're obviously, you're worse for it. And, and that's the, the beauty about our testimonies, is we're so sure, we're so strong, that our testimonies... Are, are that they're sure they're strong and that we they they're they're a fruit of what we do right that we walk in the lord we walk in the spirit that god is looking after us that we're in the church of signs wonders and miracles and that our testimony backs that up so when we say we are a christian you know we heard it today that you know often it's the actions that speak louder than words and that when we build up that rapport with the people we work with, it's the actions that show. Yeah, they can hear that we're a Christian, but it's the actions show we actually are that, that Christian. We actually are that construction manager, that, you know, for real. And so it's an incredible thing. Um, 
we'll wrap it up. I'll just um, keep reading maybe verse 11. But if the spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we're not debtors to the flesh. We don't owe anything to this natural world we, or to live after it. Verse 13, if we live after the flesh, we'll die. That's what it ends up coming down to. If we get caught out by the subtlety, if we just let it come in, come in, come in, we'll get caught out and, you know, we don't want to be on the other side of eternal life. It's, you just, it's just not where you want to be. But if you through the Spirit do mortify or kill or put down the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And praise the Lord, that's where we want to be. You know, as we read in the latter part of that chapter, how there's nothing that can separate us. We're in the palm of God's hand. We're, we're predestined to have eternal life. It's only our free will choice that can pull us out of that. So we don't want to let Satan use, you know, his subtlety. We don't want to be doubting. We want to be confident. We want to stay in the middle. We want to be led by the Spirit, be uplifted by the testimony, by our own testimony, by sharing our testimony, by listening to testimonies, and stay in the, in the palm of God's hands, you know, that, uh, that we're ready and, and, and uh, when he returns, we're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. All the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hand over to...